0: All right, here we go with Baldry's beat, Keith Baldry, legislative bureau chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith.
1: Good morning. Happy Friday.
0: Happy Friday to you. We started the show today talking about some of the confusion out there around distracted yeah. driving laws. A lot of it coming from ICBC. They had to walk back a tweet they put out earlier in the week saying it was illegal to put your phone in the passenger seat. Of a I, I, I was
1: listening to you as I drove into work, and my phone was on the seat beside me. Oh <laughs>
0: boy. <laughs> There's a lot it was a lot of confusion over this and then I, I spoke to the manager of road safety for ICBC yesterday on the show and he told me that if you're waiting at a red light and you put your car in park you can uh, use your uh, phone and I was what? like what what I was like he, really and uh, no that was wrong so there's a lot of a lot of stuff got wrong here
1: uh, which is surprising I mean yeah. you would think at this point this far along we'd have the rules yeah particularly at, people at ICBC would have the rules clear yeah. I mean that's their job is to know the rules on something like this so I was taken aback by that tweet and by his comment to you about putting it in park at a red light and go on the phone I mean yeah. just it seemed uh, global
0: silly. New- global news was reporting last night that they've had a distracted driving crackdown they saw some officers writing up tickets for people who had the situation you just described the phone is in the passenger seat yeah and uh you know that's that's legal you know the point is you're allowed to have the phone loose in the car as they say mm-hmm. okay so on your console your center console on the passenger seat if you're not using it if it's yeah. just sitting there that's I guess not th- distracted driving. I guess
1: the argument is the phone, if it's not on vibrate, suddenly starts ringing on you know, the seat beside, and you look down to see who's on the phone. Does that take your eyes off the road? I suppose that's the thing, but that seems a bit silly.
0: Okay, well, we'll cover that more on the show coming up later. let I, uh,
1: I used to put my phone in the in the glove compartment when we this crackdown first started. I just put it away.
0: Well, that's probably one smart way to make sure you're yep. not going to get rung up with a ticket because it's very tempting, right, to check a tweet or you know your GPS or sure whatever. I some
1: officers interpret this rules differently than other. Yeah,
0: I believe so. Right? I think even among the police and different officials there might be some yeah. still misunderstanding about how the law is supposed to be applied. Okay, daylight saving time, it's springtime, spring ahead, we lose one hour sleep. Daylight saving time, let's go back in time.
1: Go back, way back the, machine.
0: Go back in the way back machine. 2019 then Premier John Horgan says he wanted to bring an end to all these time changes here's what he had to say
1: Today's a very good day for for those who are tired of changing their clocks. Uh we heard overwhelmingly from British Columbians that they wanted to stop the process of falling back and springing forward. So we
0: wanted to go to permanent daylight time. Never happened,
1: right? No, and I think the the big stumbling block is in Unless, until everyone around us is on the same time zone, yeah. the same, and there was this push, but it has to be, in the states, it has to go through the House of Representatives, and yeah. it's just stalled. I mean, nothing's getting done in the states yeah. in terms of legislation. Uh, that country is completely paralyzed over political fault lines, so something like this falls off the table. Yeah, he
0: wanted to be coordinated with Washington State, Oregon, in California, California, so we're all in the same time zone. At the same time, all yeah. the time, which I guess
1: makes sense. It does make right? sense. Um, and again, so Horgan's gone. Yeah. Uh, David Eby's never, I've never even really detected any enthusiasm from Eby one way or another yeah. on this. So I don't think, I think you've seen, the, the, the political will behind this has disappeared. Um, but again, until the state signs on on this and we have a uniform time zone, it's just not going to happen. So I think that... What he was hoping for some time ago is probably not going to materialize.
0: Okay, the liberals yesterday trying to put pressure on the government on this. Let's listen to Liberal MLA Todd Stone in the legislature yesterday.
1: He's all talk and no clock.
0: Instead of springing forward, instead of springing forward to act on permanent daylight
1: savings time, the premier is falling back on tired excuses. Mr. Speaker, it's time. It's time to wake up and smell the coffee. Is the
0: premier going to deliver real change, or is he going to keep sleeping on the job? Okay, tortured series of puns. Yes,
1: yeah, uh, was, was, Todd spent a lot of time working on that. Got his pterosaurus out or something. It's, it's funny. Just as an aside, every question the Liberals ask right now is is to the premier. Mm. The premier's not there. All right. EB wasn't, he was only there one day this week. Yeah. Um, and premiers generally aren't there. I um, mean, Christy Clark used to go to one question period a week. John Horgan, one or two question periods a week. Same yeah. with David Evie. So, but every day, every single question and question period from the Liberals is directed at the premier. What do not you think to, about that? Not exactly sure what the strategy is there. I guess, I guess it helps them. They've been posting um, video clips from question period in news releases and yeah. probably on their website. And it's, I guess, designed to put the, imprint the fact that they're asking questions of the premier and making the premier the focus of everything. They're not asking questions of any cabinet minister anymore. It's simply at the premier, even though the premier's not there.
0: Okay, well, they're probably happy to have Eby there instead of Horgan, although the polls are still holding up fairly well for the NDP. Uh, Last few polls for
1: Eby and the NDP were very strong. Eby was out polling uh, the the Liberals and Kevin Falcon on pretty well every single issue. But again, that's... Times will change, and again, as longer EB in the job, you know, governments pile up baggage. Yeah, uh, we're headed for some rocky shoals with the economy. Yeah. Um, the affordability issue continues to be elusive in terms of any solutions. So uh, the challenges that are out there for EB, and I, I think the Liberals are trying to frame this as the David again. This is the David EB government, yeah, and trying to get us away from the John Horgan uh, time as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And speaking of EB, EB was. The attorney general when they brought in this bill on permanent daylight saving time mm-hmm. but like you said he was asked about it yesterday and he said well you know just kind of repeating the talking points from that horgan had for years on this now well we can't do anything on our own we can't do it yeah. alone we've got to wait for california we got to wait for washington
1: yeah it was a hobby horse for john horgan no yeah. question but it's not a hobby horse for david eby okay speaking of
0: eby yesterday talking about bail reform okay so these are the chronic violent in some cases violent repeat offenders the catch-and-release justice system the revolving door people being arrested over and over and over again david eby here pressing ottawa to tighten up bail restrictions let's have a listen he needs to change them he needs to change the rules so the assumption is if someone is a repeat violent offender, that they're kept behind bars and not released back in the community It's very straightforward uh... and we think they should do that work now uh... it's quite urgent Okay, calling out the feds there. So uh,
1: this morning, 11.35, I think is the time, Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth and Attorney General Nikki Sharma will be holding a news conference in Ottawa. Mm. They've met with uh, their federal counterparts on issues such as this. I'm not sure we're going to see much movement uh, in terms of how the system works or doesn't work, but it's interesting the two of them went back there a couple days ago and been meeting with uh, the federal counterparts on, on issues such as bail reform. We'll see what they and what the they report. Ottawa,
0: on something's going to happen because Ottawa keeps indicating they're going to do something. And right? it's not just
1: BC. The Ontario yeah. government. Doug Ford's been pressing for this as well. Yeah. So yeah. Ontario and BC, in particular, are pushing for changes on this critical area because I think we're seeing probably some of the worst uh, cases of repeat violent offenders yeah. sure. uh, on the street very quickly in Toronto and Vancouver.
0: Yeah, the Liberals continue to go after the government on this in Victoria. So let's listen to Liberal MLA Mike De here. He's squaring off here against the Solicitor General, Mike Farnworth. Have a listen here. For all of the excuses, for all of the denial, the problem has gotten worse. It is the result of a purposeful catch-and-release public policy.
1: The Criminal Code of Canada is a federal responsibility. That's not buck-passing. That's a fact. We think there's unintended consequences, and they need to be changed. The federal government has indicated that they agree with us. Your thoughts? Yeah, so i interesting. interested in what Farnworth reports at 1130 this morning, um, along with Nikki Sharma, the Attorney General, see if they actually have made progress in getting these reforms uh, through the system from the federal government. I, I have a feeling there's going to be some positive news on this, but sure. how it filters down to the front lines remains to be seen. It's probably going to be take some time.
0: All right, as Baldry's beat phone lines are open six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight is the number star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Jock in Parksville. Hi, Jock.
1: Hey. hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Uh, hi. Listen, this uh, daylight saving thing—they uh, were the question they put for daylight or standard uh, was vague. But my point is, Cranbrook in Eastern British Columbia is on. A different time zone than we are on the West Coast. So, what's the big deal with having to have the U.S. Be, do it?
0: Well, it's kind of interesting. Well,
1: Cranbrook's it. been in a different time zone for forever. They're on the Alberta time. They're on the Alberta, time, on Alberta time. Yeah. So, and that's a corner of the province that's right next to Alberta. Yeah. Uh, it's not Metro Vancouver. So, I think it, in terms of population, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of the province. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it's more important we align ourselves with Seattle. Portland and L.A. and Frisco in yeah. terms of times.
0: And as for, you know, the caller referred to the, the opinion polling and the survey that the government did four years ago on this file, and it was overwhelming response from the public to, to scrap the, the time change, mm-hmm. right? And the question was, do you want to go to permanent daylight time? There was criticism that like, the other option wasn't offered on the survey. Time. Do you want to go to permanent standard time, yeah. right? And we're going to get into that so later I think
1: on most people f- favor daylight time.
0: Well, you, you know, you will get an argument both ways. It depends. Uh, you want it's...
1: you want you want darkness in the morning, or do you know, or do you want in favor of daylight in the evening?
0: Do you want a longer day, or do yeah. you want a bit more sunshine in the morning? That's where it sort of breaks down. Let's go to Natalie on the line in Port Coquitlam. Hi, Natalie.
1: Hi. Yeah. Regarding um, overhauling our justice system, great, but why take so long? And we're doing it uh, just as we legalize drugs. I mean. Where are we going to get the money to house all the people and all the new offenders that are obviously going to be addicted because we want to create more access to drugs? So we're going to have, we're going to create a whole bunch of new offenders. We're going to be spending a lot of money. I mean, I was at Royal Columbian the other night. That hospital is filthy. It's filthy. I've never seen it look so bad. It's disgusting. Where are the cleaners? Why did they fire all the cleaners? And now they want to spend money locking up uh, smash and grabbers? I mean, okay. sure, we, don't, we can't accept that, but where are we going to get the money?
0: Okay, thank you. Uh,
1: well, a lot there. <laughs> so Roe Coleman actually is in the midst of a redevelopment. Um, that's in the budget. It's about more than a billion dollars uh, for uh, a new uh, expansion and redevelopment there. In terms of firing the cleaners, no. Uh, that I don't has think not, they fired any no. cleaners. So Gordon Campbell's Liberals, though, uh, 20 years ago, uh, tore up the contracts for right. hospital employees, you know, which were cleaners, but yeah. that was twenty years ago. Yeah. Uh, a in...
0: lot of those workers have been brought back in. Oh,
1: p i mean, we've seen this. Uh, no, they've all been brought back in. I mean, yeah. the number of cleaners has expanded yeah. in the last few years. So don't go there. Uh, in terms of new facilities to house offenders, I mean, again, that's always the challenge. Of correctional facilities are always going to be. Um, Question of whether there's well, capacity.
0: The goal of decriminalization is actually the opposite. I think yeah. they want to
1: you're not putting people in jail, create be- fewer offenders because you have possession of drugs. Yeah. So no, she, I think she so misses the, the point.
0: There. Well, I guess it remains to see, be seen whether how the decrim is going to work out. Like the, the goal is to, if you decriminalize it, destigmatize drug use. It'll encourage more people to get help, get treatment. So it'll make the situation better. Now there's an argument on the other side. No, you're going to make make it worse if you normalize access to drugs you're going to have mm-hmm. a worse outcome well we'll we will see i guess we'll see
1: and again it's important we're not decriminalizing trafficking right this is a big difference yeah just it's possession, possession not trafficking
0: 604-280-9898 is the number to call 604-280-9898 star 98 on your cell got open lines right now if you call now you're getting through star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell mike in the north shore
1: Hey, uh, hi guys. I got one of those distracting driving tickets this week, North Van Marine Drive, red light, pulled my phone out to put it on my charging pad in my Tesla, and the guy comes out of the bush and gives me a ticket. Um, I don't consider that distracting driving. And um, on the ticket, it says distracting driving while operating a motor vehicle on a highway.
0: Mm-hmm. okay yeah
1: so is that a mood point or is it i wasn't on a highway
0: well i guess it's highway under the law would include the road you were on mm-hmm. where, where did you
1: get caught uh marine drive north vancouver
0: yeah no you wouldn't have a leg to stand on there in court to make that argument now here's the other thing like if you're at a red light and you touch that phone you're guilty they got you mm-hmm. right even if you're just moving the phone to like a charging port or whatever like you said and my, my understanding of the law is if you touch that phone, the cop can write you up the, the distracted driving ticket, even if you're not you just using
1: it, just picking it up. What? You can touch your phone to hang it up, though. If you're talking on your... I know, don't think you can. No. no I'm no? not sure you can do that. No. And distracted driving is more than just phones. You yeah. can actually get a distracted driving ticket. My understanding is if you're suddenly eating lunch and drinking coffee. Well, and, sure. Um, and, you know... Reaching down. The the goal of distracted driving is to prevent you from taking your eyes off the road. Yeah. So any activity that in which you engage to do that, you're running a risk. The caller, though,
0: got the ticket at a red light, which is the most common scenario for getting a distracted driving ticket. Like if you take huh. a look, analyze some of the stats on this, where are most of these tickets written up? They're not written up on people who are texting while they're actually moving in their vehicle. There are fewer tickets written up for that. They do catch people doing that. Well, that's super dangerous.
1: I remember driving the Pat Bay Highway here in Victoria last year, and this guy was texting on his phone at 100k an hour huh. and going over the line. And I thought this this oh. guy is insane. Yeah, um, and people like that deserve a heftier fine. Well, than what's absolutely, in the book. They
0: throw the book at that guy. The thing is, though, most of the tickets are being written up at the red light, so you're stopped at a red light. I didn't light. know that. Well, that's what that's what that's some of the analysts says. We'll dig into that a little later yeah. on the show. But the question is, is that is that really putting police resources where the biggest problem is, Mm. you know? So we'll get into that later.
1: All right.